It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome into another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm Jonathan Mayo along with Mike Rosenbaum this week, and we're going to talk uh, a bunch about the Arizona Fall League, uh, what we've seen. And uh, Mike was just down in Jupiter at Perfect Games uh, World Wood Bat Association Championship. So we'll talk high school draftees for 2018. Uh, but before we get to any of that, uh, we're happy to welcome into the podcast Jake Gatewood of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is currently participating in the aforementioned Arizona Fall League. Uh, Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, for taking some time out. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let me just start with, uh, with you know, just a sort of straight and simple, you know, what did it mean to you uh, when the Brewers said, hey, you know, you've taken a nice step forward uh, we want you to, to play a little bit more, uh, a little bit more baseball uh, this fall, and, and head out to the to the AFL. Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, that was uh, one of my goals for this year, and um, obviously, I was super thankful when they let me know. And um, and it was even more, you know, awesome hearing the guys who were who were going with me and stuff like that. So um, it's a great opportunity, and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to be here and and blessed to be here and. Uh, you know, thankful for the Brewers for the for the opportunity, and um, even going to to play for the playoffs was really cool. And um, you know, just the opportunities they give me have, have been incredible. So I'm just thankful for it. Yeah, Jake, this is Mike here. Um, speaking of AAA, and you had experience at AA this year too. How do you feel as though that has helped prepare you for the caliber of the competition and the more advanced pitching that you're seeing in the fall league right now? Yeah, I think um, you know there's actually a lot of good pitching in. Uh, in the Carolina league this year. Um, and I think, you know, that helped me too. And then going to double a, it was a little bit more smoother, um, you know, first, first getting there. And, um, you know, it took me like two games just to get used to everything and, um, ended up getting my first hit. Once I got my first hit there, it was a lot easier to, uh, to, to, you know, be more relaxed in my bats and stuff like that. So, um, but I think, you know, obviously learning, um, how to hit pitchers who actually know how to pitch um, and double it was, was kind of a learning curve. And um, I started to get hot and then, you know, the, it's kind of like a cat and mouse game. Once you get hot, they start to do um, the opposite. And then once you, once you kind of figure out what they're doing, they, they start doing other stuff. So um, just learning that game and kind of getting my feet wet for next year um, was awesome. And I think it's uh, even here, I'm, I'm learning a lot and I'm trying a bunch of stuff. Um, new new stuff in the in the box and um, you know just continuing to learn not trying to put too much pressure on myself to perform I know um, I kind of off to a little bit of a slow start here but um, like I said I've been just trying trying a bunch of new stuff and it's a good place to try it um, just knowing like the stats don't um, no matter too much here as long as you're you're just getting better so take how much do you think that you know 
you can have that kind of attitude now because of some of the ups and downs you had early. Uh, you know, I'm sure when you're first coming out of high school, uh, you think you're going to set the world on fire like anybody does, uh, especially at that age. And I'm wondering if uh, some of the struggles you had to make some of those adjustments early on sort of helps inform you now and makes you realize, okay, if I have a, you know, a two for 20 stretcher or whatever it is, it's really, especially in a fall league, but in general, it's not a, a not a big deal. And it's all about learning how to, to learn from that and make adjustments from that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I, when I first got to pro ball, you know, I thought I'd, thought I'd be in the big leagues, you know, at 19, I didn't really know how the leagues work too much to a T. My dad had told me some stuff, but um, you know how it is listening to your dad sometimes. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. So uh, <laughs> um, so when I struggled, I think uh, especially that first year, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, just knowing I had the talent to do it um, and not doing it was, was was pretty hard, but I learned so much from that. I'm, I'm actually really thankful um, that I struggled early and just knowing um, that I can make it through times like this. I know – Part of this year, you know, I'd, I've had I had some games where I was, you know, over four with four Ks, and it and it just didn't really affect me as much as it would before, and um, it really helped me shorten those those slumps this year. Just learning um, from all those past experiences of, of struggling. And I think um, my second year in Wisconsin, um, towards the end of the year, was probably the biggest um, learning experience I had, and just knowing that. Um, if I keep working hard, you know what I mean, and, and keep putting my head down and, um, you know, not not going through the ups and downs, not getting too high, not getting too low, and, um, just staying even, I, I know I can, I can get through it because, um, you know, I have the natural talent I've been blessed with and um, just learning more and more mentally is, um, has been huge for me. Now, Jake, about your defense, um, obviously you came up, you were drafted, and you, you spent your first year in pro ball as a shortstop um, before moving over to third base and then more time at first base uh, this year. Are you working at both positions in fall league or focusing on one or the other? And which, uh, you know, given your background, which do you prefer more? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still take – I'll take them at first and third. I even still take them at shortstop. And, um, and I think um, maybe some outfield um, in the future, but uh, – yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, shortstop's always been so natural to me. I have so much fun playing there that I know I, <laughs> I'm a little big for the for the position, but uh, I still love playing shortstop. I love playing third base. Uh, first base has been something that's new to me just because it's on the other side of the field, and I've never played on that side of the field before. So I'm um, just learning how to play that, you know, just in case um, that's somewhere where they need me in the future. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I just – I just like having fun when I go out there and play, man. It's just, to me, um, something I learned from making the playoffs um, in Wisconsin last year is just um, we had so much fun playing the last, you know, week and a half trying to make the playoffs and, and stuff like that. So um, I really learned how to just go out there and compete again like I like I did in high school and like I did before that. And um, it's almost like, you know, going out and playing wiffle ball in the backyard, kind of just, uh, just having fun and, let my natural abilities take over. So, I mean, I, I just like playing anywhere. I just, I try to play everywhere like I'm playing shortstop. So if I'm playing first, I just try to picture myself at shortstop or third. I try to picture myself at shortstop. So um, I just basically base everything off that position and um, try to be an athlete wherever I'm at. I think that's the biggest sign of maturity. I mean, when I talked to you way back when, some someone would hint to you that you're too big to 
play shortstop, he would uh, he would object, you know. Uh, vehemently and now uh, you've kind of realized that as you've matured that maybe you're just a touch too big i almost see you think it's a shame jake though to have you have you play first with the plus arm that you have um you know although i guess if you're if you're trying to be athletic there you still can make throws but i would i would think that would be the the thing that you would miss most if you end up playing more first than any place else yeah i mean i love letting it eat um me and ursig uh we always play catch together and we're always letting it eat and and uh, playing some long toss and stuff like that. Since he has, I mean, he has probably the best arm I've ever seen. And uh, just trying to, I'm just trying to do what he does so I can get up there with him. Um, I always tell him, I always tell him I'm not too far off, so he better keep doing his his long toss and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I miss, um, I miss. Obviously, I miss playing, you know, shortstop and and um, being a being an athlete over there and. Um, I was always, I was always super defensive about shortstop because uh, I always wanted to play there and um, you know I just I just felt so comfortable there I didn't want to play anywhere else so um, but yeah I mean um, you know that's why you know the outfield something in the outfield wouldn't be too bad either because I know I could show it off a little bit but uh, sometimes first I, when I first started playing first I felt like I was locked up in a in a cage a little bit you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um, right. that was a little difficult but yeah I mean I. I I prefer playing somewhere where I can, you know, let my arm eat and, and go after balls and, and uh, just kind of, you know, do do what I normally do at shortstop. So um, first it's first a little difficult for me, just getting called off and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's good to learn how to play there as well, though. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jake, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, both Mike and I will actually be out in uh, – Arizona next week, so uh, look forward to seeing you out there in person again. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. I appreciate right. it, man. Thanks, Jake. All right, great stuff from Jake Gatewood as he, uh, you know, Mike, even with all of his struggles and ups and downs, uh, he made it to, to double A before his 22nd birthday. Um, yeah, which that's, that's ahead of schedule by a, most standards. Right, which, you know, especially because I think everyone knew when he was coming out that uh, just because of some of the length in his swing and some of those things, it might take him a little while to, to get going. So, yeah, he really is kind of ahead of schedule, which is amazing to think considering, like, as he said, he spent you know, two years in the Midwest League. But uh, uh, patience sometimes can be a virtue when it comes to development. I would say for the, for the Brewers player development department, that's, um, you know, that's a big success seeing that transformation in, in a three-year span like that. Yeah, a lot more walks. I mean, he's still swinging and missing quite a bit, but uh, the walk rate has gone up, and I think that's had a lot to do with it. Um, the uh, you know he is he said he didn't get off to the the best start in the fall league, but I don't know that it matters as much for him. I mean, like I know you haven't been out yet. Uh, I was there for a week. Uh, we're both sort of paying attention to how guys are doing out there. Uh, are there any guys that you're like really excited to see? Uh, you know, maybe maybe a top guy uh, who you haven't really gotten to see much of in person, and maybe a guy who, uh, you know, every year there's always a couple guys in the fall league where you have to go, wait, who's that? And they have a huge fall league, and, and you want to see more of it. Well, of course I'm excited to see the big names, especially that uh, Victor Robles has now been added. That's, you know, I, I was kind of hoping that that would happen after, should the Nationals be eliminated from the uh, playoffs selfishly by the time I, I was out there. Um, so definitely excited to see him, Acuna, you know, definitely the big names, but also some of the guys who are off the hot starts who, uh, 
Um, you know, speaking of guys such as Jake Gaywood, who've taken a couple of years to develop out of high school, Alex Jackson, he's tearing up the fall league right now. Um, league leading five homers in nine games, that's, that's a big deal, especially for a guy who struggled to get his way out of A-ball two years ago while with the Mariners. Yeah, no, uh, without question. And uh, it's amazing that, uh, you know, if you look at his 2016 numbers, he's starting to slowly figure things out a little bit, and then the change of scenery and the move back behind the plate, uh, which, you know, from my understanding when he came out, uh, he was not particularly interested in catching. Uh, you know, and now he's all in. I mean, I talked to him. He was one of the guys I talked to that first week, and uh, he's all in. Uh, there's work to be done, but, you know, if he hadn't caught in two years, and there was work to be done when he was coming out of high school. Uh, you know, but so many times you see, oh, well, catching will really slow your offensive development. Uh, for whatever reason, it's helped him. Uh, and uh, maybe it's seeing good pitching from a catcher standpoint, uh, but for whatever reason, he is, uh, especially this fall, uh, looking like the, the, the top-hitting prospect that he was coming out of his draft class. Uh, who, who else caught your eye when you were out there? Um, I know you were scrambling around seeing a bunch yeah. of different games. but <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of them are they're obvious. Esteban Florial, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is a guy who's Speaking really exciting guys to me. Out there. Um, the plate discipline does need to come. Um, you know, and that's something that he, did, you know, he wasn't so great at during the regular season, but he's, he's exceedingly young, especially for this league. And the fact that he's out hitting, uh, and, and hitting well, uh, the strikeouts are not really as much of a, of a concern. Um, one guy sort of, you know, not as much on the radar. Um, and part of it is, you know, when, when you go around and you interview guys, uh, Mike, I know you've done this too. You, you talk to a guy like I think both you and I are probably going to root for Jake Gatewood more now because he was tremendous, you know. And right. you have a good conversation with the guy. You know? So um, Oscar Mercado, uh, who has had a, an extremely interesting path. Uh, this was a guy who a lot of people thought might be a top of the draft shortstop out of high school. Uh, he slipped because he didn't hit his senior year. Uh, then he gets in a pro ball. And he doesn't hit, and he doesn't field. Um, and, you know, after talking to him, I just wrote the Cardinals overview, too, off of his interview. Um, he was a guy who knew that he was going to run out of chances and opportunities pretty soon. Um, but a move to the outfield helped. Uh, I think it helped clear his mind. Uh, and uh, it sounded like he really committed himself the off season, uh, last offseason. He had a really good year this year, and he is – hitting well uh, in the fall league. And what really stands out is seven walks and seven strikeouts in nine games. Uh, that is making a huge leap forward. And I saw him make two or three really good plays in center field. He loves it out there, and his instincts are outstanding out there. Uh, so this is a guy who went from, he fell completely off the Cardinals' top 30 uh, to a guy who is back on the top 30. And that was, like, really intriguing. And kind of like Gatewood is still young. So uh, he, he was a guy that really, I, I was curious to see and he exceeded my expectations. Here's another young guy I'm looking forward to seeing. Ryan Mountcastle of the Orioles. Uh, one of the younger players in, um, in the Fall League. Uh, you know, 20, 21 years old, but he played most of the year as a 20-year-old reached double-A, led the Myers with 
48 doubles. I, I just wrote up, did the Orioles overview recently as well. Um, but really just an, an impressive bat. That was always kind of his calling card coming out of the draft. There'd be questions about his defense. Won't stay at shortstop, but the dude can hit. Um, and he's proved that all the way so far. He's not playing third base. He, he, when he got up to double A, he moved over to third base. But, um, you know, that was inevitable. He could probably end up in left field as well. But every report, I talked to a couple of people at the, at the Perfect Game event uh, who just got back from the fall league, and they spoke very highly of him. They're like, he was one of the guys who stood out the most. Yeah, yeah, no, he he was interesting. I, I mean, I only saw really saw his BP. Um, the thing that's interesting to see is I've heard varying degrees. I'm curious when you see him is about his arm and whether or not the arm yeah. is enough to even be okay at third. Now, I had some people say, oh, it actually wasn't quite as bad as I had heard because I had heard it was pretty bad. But then I talked to someone else who saw him and you know thought it was still well below average. So that might push him out to left. Um, but you know, it's looking like the bat is going to be enough that it really doesn't matter. So, uh, right. yeah, he he uh, he is an interesting. Interesting. How about uh, how about any of the arms? Uh, you know, you, you tend to get stuck talking about the hitters in, in the fall league uh, sometimes because the top pitchers don't go, uh, they don't throw a ton of innings. It's a hitting friendly league, um, but there have been some guys who have been uh, really really impressive. Uh, I haven't seen Albert Abreu, um, but uh, our, our colleague Jim Callis said he was the best pitcher he saw in his week out there. Um, he you know, he had uh, five shutout innings, one pitcher of the week for last week, uh, but has had three very, very good starts, 15 strikeouts and 15 innings. Uh, so he's a, a guy that stood out for me. You know, I always have to be the Pittsburgh homer. I saw Mitch Keller in his first outing, and he was – as, as good as advertised, uh, so uh, I'm excited to, to sort of see what he does to follow that up, not just the rest of this fall, but uh, heading into next year. Following your, uh, or, or, you know, appealing to your Pittsburgh roots, um, TJ Zoic, uh, Blue Jays right-hander, there you go. had a back injury for a portion of the year, but he's yet to give up a run in the fall league through two starts, eight innings, eight strikeouts. Three hits allowed. Um, it's, I believe Jim was lucky enough to see him as well during his, his time out there, uh, and he wrote a pretty glowing report of, of just how impressive his uh, sinker really is. And you know, it, I'm, He's a guy who, if fully healthy, I could see taking off pretty quickly um, next year, especially with a good fall league. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to give uh, our, another colleague, Will Bohr, a shout-out because he probably sees more fall league action uh, than all of us combined, because he's out he's there Mr. for the whole fall. This year. He goes to like six games a day. Um, <laughs> all right, maybe I'm exaggerating slightly, but so I actually asked him who he who he's like the best. So he gave me a couple of just you know guys from a performance standpoint, and then someone you throw in sort of you know the prospect status. But AL performance wise, he's really like Nicky Lopez of the Royals. Uh, who, I mean, he's hitting 417 over his first nine games, so it's easy to understand, but I think he's looked really good defensively. Um, I think he's one of those sort of steady middle infield presences that might end up being better big leaguers than you expect. Um, and then from a prospect standpoint, obviously Francisco Mejia has hit well. You only saw him at third base one game, and that, that's a work in progress. He really liked Thyro Estrada from, uh, from the Yankees, who has hit well. Uh, as well, so, uh, and then Justice Sheffield, uh, the, the lefty the, the Yankees got from the Indians in the Andrew Miller deal. So, 
uh, just some uh, some guys from Will Bohr who has uh, seen just about every player in the Fall League already. And follow him on Twitter if you don't. He's posting lots of excellent videos. Yeah, he is. He is. It's one of the things that we we've been tasked with, and I think it's been it's worked out really, really well. Um, I felt like I got really lucky because we, we don't have time to video the entire game. You know, maybe like the first three or four innings if it's not 140 degrees out, uh, because then we have to focus on writing a game story. Uh, and I have I got really lucky that, like for instance, I was at a game when Logan Hill, the Pirates, homered twice, and I got his first homer. So, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But, yeah, Will, Will is, uh, he has kind of been the standard bearer that uh, we, all, we all try to live up to his, his lofty bar that he has set for us from a video standpoint. Um, as, a, as, a, as a team, our pipeline team, our cinematography, videography skills are uh, definitely on the up, I would say. Yes, I think, I think we're <laughs> like, a, like a current 30, but like a future 50. You think that's fair? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of potential. I think so. Speaking of which, you were you were shooting a lot of video yourself, uh, running around like a crazy person uh, down in Jupiter, Florida, for the uh, annual uh, World Wood Bat Association Championship uh, put on every year by Perfect Game, uh, which become a a must travel spot for the entire scouting industry, just because there's so much high school talent. Uh, on the field at the same time. And if people uh, have not seen it, they should go check out Mike's story. Uh, well, he wrote a number of stories, but uh, the one that probably sums it up the best uh, is his uh, work on the top performers overall uh, in the, uh, at the event. Uh, so at the event. I, at the event, you know, overall. So, Rather than like going through the one through fifteen, uh, maybe maybe pick out a couple uh, that you feel that you know, even if they weren't the guys who were number one, but you felt were uh, you know guys that stood out to you that you're excited to see you know what they do for an encore next spring. Yeah, first of all, just to put it in context of just how much action there was. This is a, yeah. a five day event with eighty eight teams. Um, across 14 fields, with basically all 14 fields being used simultaneously, all equipped with uh, amazing track man capabilities. So, you know, you don't, you don't really even have to bring a radar gun. You can, you know, see the ball hit off the bat and go right to, you know, the data and see that had an exit velocity of, um, you know, 95 miles per hour. So it, it's really kind of a, a, a premier scouting event in terms of the quality of, of players, teams, and, and technology. And just to give an example of the caliber of, te- caliber of teams, um, one of the more highly regarded teams there is the Canes National, and it's a roster actually full of, of all but one D1 recruits, and that one non-D1 recruit is going to Chipola College. So um, it's, a, it's a star-studded event. That being said, uh, obviously there was a lot of the more famous guys who stood out there. Will Banfield, uh, top catcher in the 2018 class, the Vandy commit. Just awesome catch and throw skills, really good frame. Just just a very sound defensive catcher who, you know, is among the best in this class. And it stood out seeing him there. His track record of hitting over the summer wasn't particularly great, um, according to people I talked to. But he yep. showed well at the plate. A lot of 90 plus exit uh, exit mile per hour hits. Good pieces of hitting to the right side, turning on the ball. Uh, he had a, a teammate as well, Parker, Parker Meadows, an outfielder, younger brother of Austin Meadows. 
big projectable frame, almost like a Jay Bruce, Bruce-ish frame, uh, left-handed hitter, runs really well, can, you know, handle center field now, might be able to handle, um, probably end up in a corner. But really, it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a display of pitchers. I, there was a couple 2019 pitchers I liked. Matthew Thompson, a guy who was up to nearly 95 with a really nice breaking ball. Um, Brennan Malone, another right-hander who, you know, he, he's got a big league body already. He was really impressive. Quick arm, up to 93. 394 with the fastball showed a curveball slider changeup. So it was a, a lot of projectable pitches, pitchers. And if you just go look at the track man data, like you've never seen so many 90 to 93, 16 to 18 year olds. It was just a really impressive showing of arms. You know what the scary thing is these days is that if you have a guy, even if a guy who's a 2018 guy, so you know, maybe he's 17 and he's just like 90 to 92, it's almost like he's dismissed. Um, right, it's crazy. You know, it's one of the things that maybe it's a good thing with the with the track men on every field, so scouts aren't looking at at the, the velo immediately, um, and then they're actually just looking at how the ball comes, uh, you know, out of uh, out of the pitcher's hands and and the movement and and you know whether a batter is is comfortable in the box against and things like that that uh, you know uh, sometimes get tossed aside because a guy doesn't throw quite hard enough. And listen, I understand, uh, you know, you can't teach velocity. And uh, if you have that, then there's, you know, other stuff can be taught. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm hopeful that maybe uh, some of those other guys can be, can be looked at. Um, Looking over your list, uh, you know, some guys that I, you know, we sort of, we sort of bookended because I saw the tournament of stars, which was one of the earlier events of the summer. And Will Banfield did not hit there, but looked really, really good uh, because right. of the defense. But even his at-bats were good. He just didn't hit. Uh, but I was happy to see Joe Gray Jr. make your list because I could see that the tools were all there. But he really looked lost at the plate during Tournament of Stars. I mean, really looked lost. So the fact that he was at an event like this and showed you know, that he uh, – that he could perform uh, and not just, you know, look the part or, or have raw tools that, uh, you know, uh, was a you know, sort of kudos to him. Yeah, he was, he was impressive. And, um, you know, it's a six, three, almost 200 pound frame. Like the athleticism is so noticeable. It stands out. I wish I had my stopwatch on him when he basically turned a line drive single left center into a double, um, but it, it's, it's all there. And, and another guy who definitely improved his stock at the, over the course of the event. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, from a draft standpoint, uh, that kind of this event always closes a, a book on things, and uh, we'll have to wait to, to next spring. Uh, we will be coming out with a draft top fifty uh, in December, but uh, other than that, you know, it's not really until the following spring when the college season and then the high school season gets going. Uh, so I think this is a a good point to to, uh, to end our conversation for this week. Mike, uh, thank you for stepping in, and I will see you uh, out in Arizona uh, next week at this time. Cannot wait. All right, that's Mike Rosenbaum. I'm Jonathan Mayo, and you've been listening to another outstanding edition of the Pipeline Podcast. <laughs>